Hello everyone, I'm Dana Stewart-Bullock and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about paradigm. I will, of course, first define it and then talk about how to see the language paradigm in a whole new way, a way that originates in the definition of paradigm itself. So welcome. A paradigm is a pattern or system within which we operate. We all do. I like to see it as a lens through which we see our world. For instance, orthopedics is a paradigm, very different from neurology. Newtonian physics is a paradigm, very different from quantum physics. A naturopathic physician operates from a very different paradigm than that of a heart surgeon. Firstly, I propose that understanding the paradigm or system you're operating from empowers you to see any limitations in that paradigm. And secondly, allows for integration of other paradigms and expansion of not only your perception, but also expansion of your choices and therefore your true power. The broader your paradigm, the more choices you have in life and the more ability. To quote Philippe Kahn, the key word is flexibility the ability to adapt constantly. Darwin said it clearly. People thought that he mainly talked about survival of the fittest. What he said was that the species that survive are usually not the smartest or the strongest, but the ones most responsive to change. I believe that the more paradigms you have to choose from, the more choice and adaptability you have. My dear friend Rebecca Doring, a healer in her own right, has joined me for today's topic. So welcome. Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. How are you today? I'm great. How about you? I'm good. And I'm really looking forward to today's topic, paradigm. Now, I have some of my own perspective on paradigm, but I'm really looking forward to hearing what your perspective is and how it relates to transformational therapeutics. So actually, the definition of the word paradigm comes from the Latin word for measure or standard or pattern. And each of us functions within a paradigm in our lives. We may not realize it, but we function within a pattern. There are different patterns. There are emotional patterns. There are thought patterns. There are physical patterns. They're all paradigms that we function in. And how to understand the paradigm you're in is to really step back and look at the language you're using, your behavior, your body postures, and having developed an observer, you can then see what paradigm you're in. Somewhere in the inherent meaning of the word model, it means standard or measure, and it carries a force of judgment within it. So I'm going to use the word only paradigm because its inherent meaning is pattern. And I see it as it's almost like an energetic pattern that is around us and through us that we function within. And different people function within different paradigms. And I think that's where problems arise. Because if you're in one paradigm and I'm in another paradigm, we're actually speaking two different languages. So to understand the language of the paradigm you're in and understanding the language of the paradigm the other person is in gives you both a form of power that allows you to move forward, change direction, connect in a whole different way. The pattern is in everything we do, feel, or say. And nature functions in patterns and rhythms. And so just understanding the pattern that we're in and the language of it allows us power.
So you're saying that if two people interact and they're in different paradigms, then they'll have a hard time finding a common ground to move forward together. Yes. But if they find a way to meet in a common paradigm how, how would well, you- a common language is how i see it a common paradigm yes in the medical profession you have for instance physicians who are neurologists or physicians who are orthopedists and they have different paradigms within which they work they work in the human anatomy body one of them is looking through the lens of the nervous system and one is looking through the lens of the bony system And those two paradigms have different language inherent in them. So for instance, if you have a herniated disc in your back and you go to a neurologist, you may get a different recommendation than if you go to an orthopedist. That's this very simple way of looking at it. That makes so much sense because if you go to a neurologist, they're viewing you through only that part of the human anatomy. Then if they don't see anything off with your nervous system, then they might recommend you go see another doctor with a different paradigm that might hold within the dysfunction that you're going for. Yes. And each paradigm has its own language. It's in physics, Newtonian physics and quantum physics have different languages. And so they don't really cross paths with each other. If you're a Newtonian physicist, you're in a different paradigm than a quantum physicist. And for me, the whole point in human interactions is to come to a common paradigm, a common language, even within your own paradigm, within your own physiology, so that you get satisfaction and in terms of an outcome and growth. How do you get satisfaction working with paradigms? I'll simplify it. It's very much as though you spoke French and I spoke English. So we have two different languages. So we don't really communicate If we're both speaking the same language, we are more likely to have a commonality in our interaction. So if you're speaking the language of anger and I'm speaking the language of grief, those are two different paradigms. And that makes for a difficult connection. Even different emotions could be considered different paradigms? Yes. Could you explain that more? Well, again, the paradigm is the pattern in which you're working. So if I'm working in a paradigm of anger, what's going to come out is anger. But if I'm working in a paradigm of love, something different will come out. It's where we come from, how we see the world, is the pattern that we're in at any time. It can change over time. Mm. It's just recognizing the paradigm pattern that you're in is really important. It gives you an understanding of where you're coming from. And it allows you the choice to come from another paradigm so that you and another person can connect on common ground. The first step would be discovering what paradigm you're currently experiencing. Really watching and seeing where you're coming from. You had a hard day at work and you came home when you were in a lousy mood and you open the door and your husband's really happy and he had a wonderful day. You're each in a different paradigm. How do you then join to a commonality so that you're in the same paradigm. How do you? Well, first you recognize that you had a hard day and that your state is a result of having had a hard day and you can then change it. Right, so if I'm recognizing my own paradigm and then recognizing his paradigm, 
that right there can allow me to create a bridge if I choose yes. to. Whereas before I might have walked in in a terrible mood and saw a cup on the table and shouted at him when he was about to tell me some happy news. And we both just missed each other. And I think that's a really important point that in two different paradigms, you're missing each other. And so there's not real connection and communication because you're talking past each other. You're not talking towards each other. So the first way to find a common ground is to first recognize that you're in different paradigms. Yes. Yeah. How else can you find a common ground when it's maybe not as easy or not as desirable? Like I might want to put in the work to make a connection with my husband, but what if I'm arguing with someone that I don't have as strong a desire to connect with? Then you have a choice of just not connecting or deciding that you want to learn how to connect for your own growth. And you can then look for what's a common paradigm. One of the common paradigms is that you're a human being and I'm a human being. So we could just go that basic. Mm. That whatever emotions you may have or I may have are just emotions. We still have the same species. We're all basically the same underneath it. I mean, who are we kidding? Sure. Well, and even a human being with emotion to me feels like a paradigm that I could understand, even if you're experiencing a different emotion than me, kind of lowering it down to, okay, you're a human being with an emotion. I know what that's like. I'm a human being with an emotion. So you have a commonality there, which is a common paradigm in and of itself. Yeah. So then you can then interact with me from that place that so you have an understanding that I'm a human being with emotions and you're a human being with emotions. Mm. But first of all, you're a human being. Yeah. And so the emotions don't have to get in the way. Right. They're just emotions. Sure. Right. And then you have an opportunity to see each other instead of miss. Right. Can working with paradigms help change your physiological state or help you work with a disease or a dysfunction or pain? Let's pick the subject of pain. Pain can be very disempowering and one can feel really helpless when one has pain. So I would ask myself, what's another definition of pain? The International Society for the Study of Pain's definition is pain is an unpleasant emotional experience. That's it. So then I can look at myself and say, what is the emotion that I'm manifesting as pain? What am I missing? And start looking for that. And, and th one of the ways of finding it or defining it is looking at where the pain is. When did the pain start? When does it get worse? When does it get better? Where is it in my body? What does that mean? What does it mean if it's in my back? What does it mean if it's in my shoulder? And going down different roads, that expands the paradigm and gives you more choice. So it's redefining something expands choice and expands a paradigm. I see. So if you did not redefine, then you're limited to a much smaller paradigm, which has a smaller container then by redefining it, the paradigm gets bigger and holds within it a lot more potential, a lot more choice. And that's true of actual words, because we use words without really knowing what the meaning is. We have our own meaning. But if you go and if you look up the etymology or, or the origin of a word, it can sometimes expand for one, for you, the meaning of the word. The meaning is in these words for thousands of years. And it takes the emotion out of it and gets down to the pure meaning of the word. 
And if you can redefine it for yourself, you can redefine it for someone else, then you're meeting again on a whole different level. And I can say to you, this is what this word means to me. And, and that would open your eyes and you'd have to look at what does it mean to you. And then we can find a bridge and a common ground. Okay. So I have a friend who is a fox hunter. For me, that comes with definitions that I've preconceived. You know, you're hunting. To me, that's killing, that's going after, that's harming. And when I first met him, I had preconceived notions. I was in a paradigm of that. And so he came in from a hunt once and I said to him, so did you kill any foxes today? And he said, he looked at me like I was crazy and said, we don't kill foxes, we just chase them around. It's like, really? And then I realized that they couldn't possibly call it fox chasing, which is what it actually is, <laughs> because that would hurt their egos. But it changed my paradigm in terms of how I saw this man, how I saw fox hunting. Hmm. It was a redefinition. It gave a different meaning to it, which allowed me to expand and see differently and gave me emotionally or state-wise more power. I, I didn't resent him so much. I didn't walk around thinking, oh, you're killing off these poor little baby foxes. <laughs> He was just chasing him around. <laughs> Which allowed you then to see him. In a whole different way. Yeah. And appreciate him in a whole different way. Right. But again, that was the language. I didn't know that inherent in the word or in the terminology fox hunting was that they didn't kill the foxes. Sure. Every once in a while they might, but it's not something that that's not why they do it. Mm. They go out to run across country and have fun. So that changed how I saw everything. And how I saw him. Yeah. So we're talking about paradigms. Um, that each of us actually functions within a pattern of beliefs, and we don't even realize it. And they come from early on in our lives. And if you step back and look at your behavior and your language and develop the observer, you get an idea of the paradigm you're in. The emotional paradigm we're in, we're oftentimes not aware of. And the language of the paradigm actually defines the paradigm itself. What does that mean? I'm going to be very concrete. If you belong to AA, that is a paradigm. Alcoholics Anonymous is a paradigm, and they have a language that is within that paradigm. And someone coming from without that paradigm may not understand the language of those that are in that paradigm. And it's a 12-step program, so that has a language right then and there. Mm-hmm. If you don't know anything about it, you wouldn't have the same language to communicate. And it's really interesting because I watch like two people who are in AA talk and I don't understand what they're talking about because I don't know it. So they're in a different paradigm for me and I'm sort of an outsider. It's almost like watching two people speak a foreign language and I'm just standing there observing. Sure. So paradigms have a language inherent in the paradigm. How does that factor in with uh, the set of beliefs that we gain from childhood? The word belief is of old English and Germanic origin, and it's related to what we hold dear and what we love. So our beliefs are often handed down, and they're what is dear to us. And not being able to change your beliefs has to do with not being able to change what you hold dear. For instance, you probably don't even realize that you have a definition of marriage that you learned as a child from your own parents. That unless you look at it and redefine it, 
or define it per se, you don't realize that. You have a definition of relationships that comes from when you're young and how you related within your family structure. And that will influence you throughout your life unless you decide to change it. Hmm. So you reproduce these things. You reproduce the paradigm that you grew up in unless you actively try to change it. And you actively try to change it first by recognizing that you are in this paradigm. You can, yes. You may not realize it for a while. You may just be uncomfortable and realize something is off. Or you may have repeated happenings in your life that you just keep repeating the same patterns, which is the paradigm itself. For instance, I've had girlfriends in my life who go through sequential boyfriends and say, I just can't, I can't ever find a man. I can't find a man. I, relationships never work. But if you look at yourself and start looking at how you define relationships, how you learn to relate, and perhaps change that, you will then change the people to whom you're attracted or who are attracted to you, and you will change your paradigm. Is there more you want to say on beliefs? Well, a belief is something that someone accepts as true or real. And so if you believe and aren't willing to look at it and change it, then I have a set of beliefs. You can have a different set of beliefs, sort of like Democrats and Republicans. And what's happening is such a divisive time in that they're not able to find a bridge or a connection between them because they're lost in their own beliefs. So there are people who believe that one person won the presidency and people who believe that someone else won it. Those are two totally separate paradigms. I'm not sure how they ever meet. Hmm. If you realize that underneath your beliefs are emotions and upbringing that you haven't examined that cause you to believe certain things, then you can change and find common ground. And you're really being driven by emotions hmm. and feelings. So if you hold something dear and you cannot change it, just perhaps imagine that there is a possibility of a different reality. Just plant that seed. Well, it's interesting you say that because even if I were to examine my own set of beliefs and what is driving them, that also opens me up to acknowledge that the human being that I'm arguing with right now also has a set of beliefs that is driving them from childhood. And even if I decide to keep my own beliefs consciously, I might perhaps find a way to meet them just in that shared paradigm of we are both human beings with a past that created a set of beliefs. Yes, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that this is what I believe and that's what you believe. And that's okay. We obviously can't meet on belief grounds. Mm -hmm. We have to meet somewhere else. Yeah. And you're entitled to your beliefs. Right. That's great. And I'm entitled to my beliefs. Where can we meet where we have a common ground mm. is the real question. And I'm sure there are other things that we both have in common, issues that need addressing that we're not getting to because we're so stuck in our belief systems. Well, that, that very question could help someone who might be concerned about a family gathering where they know that that family member has a very different political belief system and they don't know how they can find a connection even though they're going to be in the same room and they don't want to write this family member off simply by asking a question of how else can we meet? I may have a problem with my cousin's beliefs or my brother's beliefs, but I still care about him. So what else can we talk about? 
we're not going to get anywhere talking about our beliefs unless we're talking about it in a curious way, trying to learn a different way to see. Mm. But if you're just at a family dinner table and you have people with different beliefs, that's not the thing to be talking about. How do I take this information of seeing my physical body in different ways of paradigm, seeing my belief systems as a paradigm, my emotions as a paradigm? How do I begin using this knowledge by seeing things as paradigms? First thing, the beginning thing is just to see it as a paradigm, to actually see that as a fact that we all operate from a paradigm and then start defining the paradigm that you're using. And you can be as concrete as I'm a Democrat and someone's a Republican. What does that entail? I'm a woman and that's a man. What paradigms are we in that are different? I have a friend who is a healer and I'm attracted to orthodox medicine. Those are two different paradigms. So just defining the paradigm that you're operating from, I find is empowering because it gives you an ability to separate yourself emotionally from all the goings on. And then you can sit there with your brother at a dinner table and know that he's a supporter of another political party. And so what? So what? That's just where he's coming from. Mm. And that's one paradigm. Right. But there are many others that we can connect with. Yes. Mm. You could connect with just family. Mm-hmm. We're family. Or what somebody's doing at work or pretty much all work. Or to me, it's learning. I, it, to me, it's a waste of time to argue about paradigms unless you're really trying to discover what paradigm you're in. Mm. Right. If I'm curious to see the world as you see it through the lens of your paradigm, then that could promote some growth. That's a real connection is seeing through somebody else's eyes. I think pretty much all learning is seeing through somebody else's eyes. It's experiential and asking you, so how do you see it? Without judgment, just interesting. I find people fascinating. Mm -hmm. And how did you come to that? And why do you believe that? Mm -hmm. I mean, the why questions and the interesting questions just open up a connection that is not charged. And if it's charged, what is your participation in that charged interaction? And how can you change it? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it really matter? Right. Well, I, I think this is so empowering in many ways, because when you're stuck in one small paradigm and you think that this is all there is, then that's all there is. But when you recognize that this is just one of many paradigms and I can keep opening up my perspective and seeing, wait, there are many ways I can connect to myself, I can connect to the world around me, to the people around me by seeing everything as paradigms. Mm.